Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week, we're in Metamora, Illinois with Paige Enley of No Roots Boots. Paige has combined her passion for travel, meeting people, and high-quality Western and fashion boots into a boot store on wheels. She now road trips with her vintage Airstream to markets, fairs, festivals, concerts, selling her boots all over America. Today, she's sharing all about how she built her business and what she's learned along the way. So here we go with Paige Enley. Well, we're here today in Metamora, Illinois with Paige Enley from No Roots Boots. Thanks for being on the podcast, Paige. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, tell us about life growing up here on the farm in Illinois. So I grew up on a corn and soybean farm um, with my mom, dad, older sister, and younger brother. And on our farm, um, we just had the best way of growing up. Um, My parents let us all, even us girls, be super involved on the farm. And they taught us a lot of things about work ethic and... um, about building character, all those good things. And, um, you know, there was a little stint in my life. I thought I could get away from this farm. I need to get away from this farm. But as I got older, um, I realized that no roots boots. Um, I do have roots. So uh, I really enjoy my time there on the farm. I love it. Well, when did this idea of a mobile shop and selling boots and a life on the road start with you? (laughs) It's such a long story. So I think my family always laughs because, you know, my sister always grew up knowing what she wanted to do and my brother knew what he wanted to do. And then there was me. (laughs) And I, (laughs) I didn't know what I wanted to do. I always knew that I wanted to be involved in ag and small community you know, in some capacity, but I didn't know what that looked like. And growing up, I feel like I was good at a lot of things. I tried things and I'd be good at them. So I'm like, oh, maybe I want to do that. And so I went to college uh, to study ag business first, then communications, then back to business, and then decided before I transferred to four-year university that I wanted to do ag education I wanted to teach ag. And so I went to school for that, graduated in that. Um, But while I was at four-year university, it was my first time away from the farm. And I didn't realize how growing up on the farm had kept me busy. You know, on the farm, you're never bored. If you have something, you know, have spare time, you're out in the shop working or you're tinkering or you're helping your dad or you're just outside enjoying the weather. And so when I moved away to four-year university, I moved to the booming town of Bloomington, Illinois, and it was too big for me. I didn't feel like I had a purpose. And so I got a job at a really old-school Western company, and I'd had a lot of jobs. That was something that was really stressed in our family. Like, if you had spare time, you were working on the farm or you're working for someone else. You needed to gain these experiences so you did know what you wanted to do. And I remember coming home the first couple weeks and being like, I would do this job for nothing. (laughs) I love it that much. Anytime they call me, they had new inventory come in and they needed it tagged. I would bustle my butt in there and I would turn on some George Strait and I would be in the back room tagging. And um, 
I was not a salesperson. I did not have retail experience. I had no idea what I was doing. But something that when I was working that job, if someone asked me a question and I didn't know it, I always looked it up and I always said I'll never forget that because I hated not knowing something about what I was doing. And slowly but surely, I fell in love with that job. But I was still going to school. I was still going to be an ag teacher. So um, graduated and I was like, well, I'm good at this teaching thing, but it's just not selling boots. So maybe if I sell seed to farmers, selling boots, selling seed, same thing, right? And I got into it and I was like, nope, not the same. I would show up on farmers. You know, I'm like, I'm a boot sales lady. I'm funny and, and farmers are serious. You know, you have your funny ones, but most farmers are serious. And if a, if a product does not perform, you can't just return it and get a new one. <laughs> like, you just cost them a lot of money. And as a farmer's daughter, like, I knew what they were thinking when I rolled up. And it just wasn't, it just wasn't for me. Um, so this is a pretty long story, so I'll try to keep it short. But um, then I, one day I called up my boss. I was um, driving to a farmer's out in Iowa, and I was just not loving it. I just wasn't feeling like I was connecting with people and everyone said it would take time, but I wasn't connecting with anyone. And so I called up my old boss that had the boot store and I said, Hey, I think I want to be a rep for a boot company. I I need to get back in the boot world. And, um, he says, do you want to be a rep? Do you want to own your own store? And I was like, Hmm, it's a good question. He said, why don't you meet with me and Janice? That's his wife. And we'll talk about some things. And so, um, an opportunity came up and, an offer was kind of put on the table that I could buy out their business. And, um, I had opened a new store for them and did all that. And, um, it was a six month time frame, So I was going to get to see it from top to bottom, how to run a store. And at the end of the six months, it was, um, pretty apparent that that offer was not still on the table and that I could continue as a manager. But, um, I had completely fallen in love with this business, but I had a lot of ideas that were not, um, I just don't think they were as welcomed because they had something that was working and, you know, if it's not broke, then don't fix it. And so it was just time. I was 23 and I had a lot of ideas and I was like, you know what? There's no better time. You don't have little kids to feed. I don't have a husband to take care of. And I literally had nothing to lose. I tried two jobs in my first year out of college, and I didn't completely love either of them. And so I was like, why not? So I pitched the idea to my parents. My mom is very analytical with finances. She is a little gem. And she was like, okay, that's a really great idea, Paige, but how are you going to make a living doing this? And I'd been looking for Airstreams online, and my dad just shook his head, but... You know, that was fun. Uh Looking for airstreams is fun. Looking for boots is fun. Selling boots is fun. But I knew that I had to figure out when the rubber meets the road, can I make a living doing this? And so I sat down with Excel. My mom was so proud of me. And I came up with a plan of how I was going to make money, how many boots I had to sell, how many events I had to go to. I made a list of where I could sell the boots. I think I've been to like two or three of those. Like They just (laughs) didn't work, you know? And so I had planned I'd been like okay I need to buckle down if this is my dream I need to do something to make it a reality and I think that's when my parents knew like if Paige broke out the excel (laughs) this is serious (laughs) she means business (laughs) and so um 
I will forever be thankful for my parents' support because no Roots Boots would not have happened without their encouragement and them getting behind me. And I didn't want any sort of financial help from them, but the Airstream, I'm handy-ish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't just restore an Airstream by myself. So um very thankful for their role in that. But it was a really long story, and I think people sometimes see your successes, and they don't realize the road that got there because there was a lot of times where I was like, I love what I do. I don't love how I'm doing it. And then there was just hurt involved and heartbreak, and there's a lot of there's a lot of really sad nights that, you know, what I thought was going to happen didn't happen. And from there, I mean... I think that that's why No Roots Boots is the way that it is. You know, some of the things that were hard, I've tried to make sure, you know, would never happen in my business. So so were you able to get a small business loan or how did you cover the startup costs that this required? So when I started, um, I did not get a small business loan. I, we grew up selling sweet corn. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was five years old, I made a sign and we always laugh because the roles that us kids played in the sweet corn business are uh -huh. what we're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> so like I was the salesperson, my sister like made business cards <laughs> and now she's like graphic design, marketing, that kind of stuff. And then my brother like loved to go out and pick the sweet corn. Like he was the manual labor. Uh -huh. <laughs> so we laugh really hard. Like I'd always stay behind when they were picking. I was like, I got the sales. I would always try to get like more tips than everyone else. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and so, um, my parents, I mean, they always let us keep like $20 and we'd go blow it at the dollar general. <laughs> and then the rest we had to put in our savings account so they were very um they always gave us opportunities to make money but never gave us money growing up and so um that and then they made us bail hay so we failed we did not have livestock except when we were way younger and then we sold the hay and we delivered it and that money was also ours to keep um so and I'd worked a lot of jobs growing up and so I mean I had built up my savings and I spent my entire life savings on this business. And so when I started, I was like, you know what, the only thing I have to lose is my pride, you know, like uh -huh. I can sell up my inventory and call it quits if it doesn't work. But when you invest your life savings that you've spent your 23 years of life saving, you, you're just determined to make it work. Yeah. And, uh, I think that also was a catalyst in my success because if it was my parents' money or loan, you know, I don't know. I don't like loans, so I probably would have worked to pay that off too, but it felt good for it to be something that I could call mine. And I had worked really hard to earn that, and then I wanted to work to keep it. Absolutely. So once you decided, okay, I'm going to do this, mm -hmm. was the first step buying the Airstream? So yeah, I bought the Airstream. I remember <laughs> driving. I didn't even pull it home. It's 31 feet. I come from a farm, but when you're pulling something <laughs> on a farm, you usually go slow, right? Yeah. So um, we had, I looked on Craigslist and I found a bunch and they were all scams. And I found one to 45 minutes from my parents' farm and we went and looked at it. And I remember my parents made me walk away from it and they were like, you need to think and pray on it, which I'm like, great advice because like I am such a, when I feel it, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> and so uh, they made me walk away from it and think and pray on it for a couple of days. And I told them, I'm like, if someone else calls, please call me. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, we had made the call to get it. And I remember driving home and my, my dad was driving it. And I said, we bought an Airstream. And my dad looks at me and goes, you bought an Airstream. <laughs> and I just didn't realize I was like, 
what have I got myself into? Uh-huh. But, it, you know, my dad always said, you want a box trailer? And then we can split halvesies on it and I'll use it for snowmobiles in the winter. And I said, if I'm going to quit my full-time job and do my dream, I'm going to do an Airstream. Like, that was just the dream, right? Uh-huh. And so... There is a lot of quirks to having an Airstream and a lot of work to having an Airstream. But uh, so I bought that and then I had to I had to wait out um, a certain period to start getting accounts. Uh, I got a lot of no's, so many no's because two it'll be two years in May, two years ago in May, there was not a lot of mobile boutiques. And in an old school Western world you don't have a brick and mortar that's open 40 hours a week you might as well be not real I think people I was like do you want to see my business plan like I promise I'm legit and I'm going to represent your boot company in the best way possible and I will tell people about how it's made and I'm very passionate about that kind of stuff but they didn't care there was a couple (laughs) there was a couple reps and they would hear my name and they would click I mean they were not talking to me so it was very interesting and very hard. Um, there was one brand in particular that I took really hard when they would not give me the time of day. But it really pushed me to find these unique brands that focus on quality and it has made no roots. All the no's, every no has made no roots what it is today just because of the brands that I work with. And they all stand behind me. They stood behind me when I when everyone else was saying no. So I'm pretty loyal to the people I have. But so I got the boots and then my first couple events. Oh, if you would see the pictures, my setups were sad to say the least. So, but you can't, you can't start being great at everything and having the best boots and the best setup and the best marketing, you know, it's a work in progress. So it's fun to look back on my Instagram and be like, what was I doing? Uh-huh. <laughs> I was such a hardcore salesperson, which is not me in real life. I'm real <laughs> laid back. So I was like, I was a hard sell over there. I was just talking about the product all the time. So <laughs> it's interesting. But, yeah. you know, it's like I said, any small business, if you start awesome from the get go, you should like write a book or something because most small businesses, they struggle because there's so many hats to wear and so many places for your attention to be. And especially when you have an idea that no one you don't really have a model. You're just making it up as you go and figuring it out. That's tough. Yeah. It was like buying an Airstream and then trying to put shelves in it. Well, the whole thing's rounded. So (laughs) that was a little bit of a challenge, you know? Yeah. There was another people like trying to put shelves in an entire Airstream. Why would anyone want shelves all over? (laughs) Most people live in them. (laughs) So So did your dad help you with that? Yes. Okay. He is a farmer fabricator and we got the job done. And he did such a good job on it. And I was so overwhelmed by so many other things of starting a business. Um, I wish it would have helped more, but I have gotten so much handier because I don't want to have to rely on him anymore because he helped me so much from the get go that, you know, every now and then I'll call him like, what do you think's best? Um, we just did a little revamp on the frame. And so he helped me with that, but I always try to take the lead and I'm so thankful. I probably owe him like lots of dinners. And (laughs) I mean, like I said, I could never have done it without their support. I love that. So you got your inventory, you got the Airstream set up. And what was that like? I mean, was it just crazy? Because you're trying to now do all these shows and make a living. And yeah, it was it was tricky just because you don't know what works. So the first year, especially, 
I went to so many shows and I got home and I was like, that was a bust. Like my customer was not there. But, you know, doing something where you don't have a model, you don't know where your customer is. And the more you niche, I feel like I've really niched down in the last year, the more you niche down and you have a very specific target customer, it makes it easier to know where to go and what styles to carry. And I think that's helped a ton just because, you know, a lot of a lot of businesses will have a target customer that is like a superficial per, or not superficial, but, you know, a, a model of a person, whereas me and my business, my target customer is like me. Yeah. So it makes it so much easier because it's authentic. You know, I market to me. I buy stuff that I like. And so that's helped a ton. And just knowing where to go. Like if I had a weekend off and I could do anything, where would I be? You know, if I was going to shop for boots, where would I be? You know? And so that's helped a ton because like I said, I feel like a lot of other small businesses may buy for a specific crowd. But for me, it's, I try to make myself the target customer. And so my following may not be as large, but it's a very loyal following because it's an authentic brand that matches their lifestyle. So that's kind of been my approach. But at the beginning, you know, you're just throwing darts and kind of seeing what sticks. And as much as a business owner, you would like to say that you had this well thought out plan, your well thought out plans in the mobile world. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing that I'm very, I'm not a planner. um, So it's a good thing in the mobile world because nothing quite ever goes according to plan when you're pulling a 31 foot Airstream and everything's kind of shifting and moving. So yeah, crazy. (laughs) Talk about the role that social media has played in all of this. Social media. I don't know how small businesses reach their customer without social media. Um, Like I said, when I looked back at my Instagram, I was like, what was I doing? And I really enjoy marketing. Um, I, I love social media marketing. I always tell people I love boots. And throughout this business, I realized I also love social media marketing, which was kind of a surprise to me. But I listen to a lot of podcasts and I really enjoy learning how to market to a customer without sell, sell, selling. Um, One time I listened to this podcast and it was like how to sell without everyone hating you. And that was such a turning point because so many businesses feel like they have very little time to post on social media. So when they're doing it, they need to be the most effective, aka taking a great picture, posting product info and leading them to the website and asking for a sale. And that may work for other people, but in person, when I'm selling, I want to know people's stories. I think that's the fun of my business. I love to meet people. If I could just make money meeting people, that would be a dream job. <laughs> and But you have to sell. So anyway, in person, I love to meet people and hear their stories throughout the buying process, you know, while they're trying on shoes, like ask questions about themselves. And so to get on social media and then just post products and prices, that's just not me. That's not how I sell in person. So my biggest goal was to make my social media a reflection of how I would sell in person. And I mean, people always have questions like, how did you get started? And so, you know, that's in person. So on social media, I mean, I have those people asking the questions, but I know that they're curious. So I tried to like clue them in on my life and how No Roots Boots evolved. And, you know, I may post a picture of a product and literally never talk about the product because it's in the picture. Why do you need to explain all of it, you know? So 
that's just kind of been my direction that I've gone with it just because it's authentic to how I sell in person. And I think that, you know, how you appear on social media should be the same way as your life. So as far as, you know, social media, this is a very visual thing because you're selling a product. So you want it to look good. So do you do your own photo shoots? Do you, have you learned kind of how to navigate that? Like, is it worth hiring a photographer, that kind of stuff? So I have always had a photographer in the picture. Um, and I really like it. I think it's really good lifestyle content because again, I want to capture my real life in pictures so that it's not all like me posing in front of a brick wall with a pair of boots on smiling. Like I don't do that in real life. (laughs) So, you know, sometimes it has to be part of your social media, but, um, I would say in the last year to six months, I've really honed in on capturing my life with boots as part of it. Um, So a lot of my pictures are taken with an iPhone. Some people may disagree, think they need to be all high resolution, but that's real life. Yeah. I don't know how to use a good camera and I have so many other things that I want to do that I, I could teach myself, but I just don't feel like I have the time. And I also really like to support other entrepreneurs like if someone's trying to build a business and take pictures like if I can be a catalyst to help their creativity or even put money in their pocket when they're starting I think that that's amazing and I just started working with a photographer Um, she's local I've known her since high school and she went full-time and she is so passionate And if I bring an idea to the table, she's like, let's do it, girl. And she really cares about my brand. And I care about other people's small businesses. I care about her business. And so to find someone that doesn't just see me as a shoot, but she'll shoot me a picture sometime, like an inspo picture. And she's like, hey, girl, this is so you. How can we change it so it's not the exact same picture and make it even more you and make this work for your business? I'm like man, to have someone that cares so much about my business that they would do that is unreal. And again, I feel like I can support her when she's first starting because I've been there and it's not easy. So it's really fun. But like I said, I still have iPhone pictures just because sometimes I boot comes in. I'm so stinking jazzed. I pull out of the box, snap a pic, put it up. Like, yeah. let's go. <laughs> That's great. Well, I'm curious. So when you're traveling all the time, what does inventory look like in shipping for you? Do you take it all with you? Do you have it in a warehouse? Do you, you know, how does that work? So my warehouse is my house. So (laughs) a lot of people like to have a warehouse separate. I don't like that. Like boots are part of my life and maybe someday I need some work-life balance, but if I have to drive to a warehouse, that's just too inconvenient. I like it all here. <laughs> yeah. But when I'm on the road, it can get kind of tricky just because depending on the length, um, you know, I'll go to a one day show and just get wiped out. And then I have an event the next week and I'm like, woo, because you can't ever anticipate what's going to happen. You may have been there the year before and it was just okay. And something about your buying and the crowd that was there, it can be really different. So it's really hard. Um, to keep track of. And I would say I'm getting a lot better, but I think any small business retail owner knows that inventory is a beast. And so it can be really, really, really tricky, but I really enjoy that part of it because it's a challenge. You know, I'm sold out and I have to get new boots by next weekend. 
and they have to be good. I'm not just buying anything to fill in. So I think it's part of the challenge for me. The hardest thing is I work with a lot of brands that make boots specifically for me. So one of my brands, you probably have 2,000 styles to choose from. And of those 2,000 styles, you can pick 12 leathers or something. They send it to production. You get it eight weeks later. So it can be tricky as far as inventory and cash flow because you never know where you're going to be at. But I think that that's what makes it interesting and keeps me challenged. Definitely never bored in this job. Yeah, it's <laughs> but it sounds like I, I love the exclusivity. So I love working with those brands. Some, you know, some of them are 15 weeks even, but I think it's worth waiting on. Yeah. What do you love most about life on the road? Oh, I love life on the road. It is meeting people, especially like when I go to cattle shows and you have people from so many states there. And I didn't ever, we never had show cattle. We had corn, soybeans. We had some, some cattle. Um, but I mean, we weren't focusing on the things that show cattle people and um, show hog people are focusing on. But I just feel like meeting people from so many different backgrounds and with so many different stories. And everyone has a story, and they may think they're the most boring person ever, but to me, I mean, if you live in California and you have agriculture out there, I'm like, I don't even know what that looks like. We have corn and soybeans. And so I love to have those conversations. And even back when I was in the old Western store, it people would come in, they would work on the pipeline, and they were from Georgia, and I could just sit and listen to their accent all day long, yeah. you know? <laughs> I just love, and not just people my age, too. I love hearing from different people from different walks of life. And there's some people that come in and they tell you what you could be doing better, but it's just like, it's so fun to, you know, everyone has different perspectives and to get to hear that. But I also really, really have grown to love listening to podcasts on the road or cranking my music. I make a playlist for almost every road trip I go on and then pulling my Airstream behind me. I had a funk that after being, online only this winter and I took my airstream over to the farm it's like a 40 minute drive and I was like I am so happy <laughs> and who would have ever thought me pulling a 31 foot trailer would make me experience anything other than stress but when I've got my airstream behind me I'm like let's go let's do this thing because so many people say when they're older you know what's one thing they wish they would have done work less usually yeah. <laughs> and travel more and I don't wish I worked less because I love what I do, but um, I love that I can combine both things that I love and um, meet people along the way. Yeah, that's great. So on the flip side, what's the most challenging part of being on the road? Because I know it comes with its challenges as well. Yeah, I would say I've never had any problems with my trailer when I'm on the road, so I'm very fortunate, but just the that that could happen makes me a little bit nervous. And then when I go on my cattle show run at the end of October, I'm gone for 30 days straight and I'm, you know, living in a hotel or staying with someone. And that can be tricky because although I have real conversations with customers, I don't ever want to say that they're fake, but they're just different. It's different than talking to your mom mm -hmm. or your best friend. And so sometimes that it can be a little bit exhausting and you're just so busy all the time. It's hard to have creativity, but I just feel like, it can be tricky just because you're away from home and you're just having, and so many times people have the same questions. So you're having the same conversations over and over. So that can be a little bit exhausting, but at the same time, on the flip side, you know, I'm so energized by people. So it, it, it can just be tricky, but usually by the end of that run, I'm ready to lay low for a little while, yeah. but you also have to dress up every day. Like you can't show up 
not looking cute. So <laughs> 30 days in a row, it can get kind of wild. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So as your business has grown, how have you learned to balance and maybe say no to a few things just so you can have a little downtime and recharge. And so the answer to that is I haven't, (laughs) but no, I am working on it. This winter was really, really hard for me because all the conversations that I had were via Instagram, Facebook, email. And so that was really hard when I'm energized by people. And so it really, and it was a long winter. So I hit this three week rut that I've never which to kind of explain, like, winter is your downtime, right? Yeah. yeah. And I hit this three-week rut, and it was just like, I've never felt like I felt. I almost felt like I was burned out. And I went over to the farm, and I was working on my airstream with my dad. And I really had realized that, I mean, I've been putting everything. You know, I live by myself. It's winter. There's not much to do. And I just worked, worked, worked because I love it. And so I'd hit this point, and it was a really good reflective moment for me. Like, what am I doing to fill my bucket? You know, I'm going to church. I'm visiting my family, but all for short spurts and work is somewhat always on my mind. And so I really realized that one of my goals for this traveling season is to take one day off a week. I usually try to take Sundays off, but another day off a week and just go over to the farm and do farm things because I sell a high-end product and it's the fashion world, and I'm really fancy most of the time. I always (laughs) say I'm half farm girl, half high maintenance, and for the last year, I've really just been high maintenance, and it's, I realize I need to get grounded, um, because it's easy to get caught up in business and fashion and all that stuff, but it's really nice to be able to go home and find that grounding, because it's important especially when your business is on social media a lot because those conversations can tend to just be busy and not fill you up because it's not an actual person that you're conversing with. You miss the face-to-face. Yeah, definitely. What is it that you love about the small town and the rural life that you get to come home to? I, I just love everything about it. I think I'm not super involved in my specific community, Um, back hard when you're on the road but this community that I've moved over to you know going to the coffee shop and seeing people um, just brings me just to get coffee you know just brings me so much life and joy and then being around other small business owners that are taking root in small towns um, I think that that brings me so much joy and again the groundedness I mean you are on the road so much and sometimes just I always say the when I turn off on our road, Lakeshore Drive, it's my favorite mile. You know, I can go so many places and that last mile is my favorite because so many of the things that have made me who I am today started there. You know, I may not have known I was going to do this someday, but everything, every character building task my parents made me do when I didn't feel like it has made me be able to do it now you know I don't like doing book work but I have to do it you know and so I think it's just where I all started and I'm just I'll forever be thankful for that start and I just love in the small town world there can be one person that can have a dream 
and they can put it into action. And that can be such a catalyst for so many other people who have never even thought, they've never allowed themselves to dream, what if? And I think that that really inspires me and encourages me. And I just really, I hope that I see this rural revival happening. And it hasn't really, really taken root in my home hometown. And I just have so many dreams for it. I mean, I drive past old buildings and I'm like, okay, now this would be great for a bakery. Uh-huh. And this would be great for that. And I just hope someday that, you know, when those businesses come that people support them. Because I know I'm going to be the first one there because there's nothing that brings me more joy than seeing someone do what they're supposed to do and in a small town um, because I don't like seeing some of our best and our brightest going off to cities, yeah. you know, especially when there is room in small towns for them. There's a lot of really cool buildings, too. <laughs> and opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with online, too. I think that's what really someday if I have a brick and mortar online will always be there. So you don't have to your whole business doesn't have to be in small town USA. You know, it can reach so much further. And I think the potential to reach that many people is super inspiring as well. Yeah. I know at some point in this journey, you did decide to try brick and mortar a little bit. Do you want to tell us about that? So it was my first winter in business. So it was last November through April. And I didn't, told you I'm not a planner. (laughs) I didn't, when I started this, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to run my airstream in the winter. But I was like, you know, we're just going to focus on what we have now. And when we get closer, I need to start letting that churn and see what comes up. So I had had this town in my mind and I went up there with my mom. We took a little road trip and I said, I think this is the town. And I dreamed up some ideas. We stopped at the local real estate place and we just stumbled in this boutique. I followed her on Instagram and she, she's like, what are you doing in town? And I kind of told her and she's like, you want to see my basement? I was like, I mean, sure. I went down there. It was the most perfect space for my business. Uh, it was a hard winter as well, just because you wait on people to come to you. It's just very different. Um, I think I've got too much restlessness in me right now to do a brick and mortar and to do it well. And my parents have always taught us, if you're going to do it, do it to the best of your ability. So I did while I was there, but brick and mortar, I'm not saying it won't happen in the future, but I'm not saying it will either. But if I do it, it's going to look a little bit different than a basement shop. And I want to be to that point where I feel like I can do it very, very well. And I think too, I don't have a place in mind. I have a couple like dream places, but I think being single, it's real hard to, it's really hard to put down your roots. And Mm -hmm. so I'm just really enjoying the no roots boots part of it. And then someday when it's time to slow down a little bit, um, I think that will be time. And then hopefully the right building will come into place because I will not settle on some building. That's not me. It has to be authentic to my brand and me as well. Well, what advice would you have for someone who has a dream in their heart like you had for No Roots Boots and is maybe just kind of in that place of tension, like, should I do it? Should I not? Is it going to be able to make it? You know, all those questions that go through your head. Yeah, I would say research. I mean, like I said, I'm not a numbers person, but I sat down and I made a business plan. And I think so many businesses start on a dream and they don't, they forget that backing behind it. But I also 
think that when you decide to do it, you have to let go some of that fear. It's natural and it's human, but in order to embrace the opportunities that are going to come your way, you have to, I mean, you have to open your arms and hug it, you know? Uh-huh. You can't sit back and question. Um, I think that that's one of the biggest things that has helped me is I don't feel the fear, you know, of what people think. I just, if I have an idea, I, I know I need to chase it. And two, just being authentic to yourself. You know, there's brands that I look up to and there's businesses and boutiques and I look at them and I'm like, I see their stuff and I'm like, ooh, that's so-and-so because of their branding. And so I think it's important to have those people that you look up to, but it's also really important in growing and building your business that you don't lose sight of who you are and what you want your story to be and your business to be. Just trying to be like so-and-so that has this many thousand followers. So I think authenticity is the key um, because no one can do your dream better than you. And if it was placed in your heart by God, it was there for a reason. And so that you have to chase that. I think it's almost like your duty to chase that with, you know, arms open and embracing anything that comes your way. Great advice. So what's next for you and No Roots Boots? So next week, I have a super exciting opportunity. So right now, I am just prepping for the traveling season, but we've been kind of working on this project since the beginning of the year, and I finally get to see it come to fruition. So next week, I'm headed to Kansas City, and I am working with a gal. Um, When I was in Geneseo, where I had my little brick and mortar, I went to the coffee shop almost every day. I'm kind (laughs) of a coffee girl. And um, I got chatting with her mom and I met her daughter, who's a student at Iowa State, and she's in the fashion and design program there. And she was accepted into Kansas City Fashion Week. So it's not like New York Fashion Week, but it's one of the more major ones. And so she is designing this collection that I think is just amazing. It's very high fashion, but it's got a thread of the Western fashion that I just obviously love and so we got chatting and she was like I would love to put your boots with my collection her collection's called red and make it this awesome collaboration which I'm all about and put it down the runway at Kansas City Fashion Week so we've been working on it and we've hit some bumps in the road with boots not looking good with looks because you know, we're four hours apart. And so it's been really fun though. Um, and I'm really excited to see it all come together and really put my, my boots with that really high fashion look. I definitely dress more boutique fashion. And so to see that high fashion look with it is going to be really exciting. And two, just to help someone, I think, um, she really enjoys New York and, enjoys the hustle and bustle of it. But from our conversations, she's like, someday, you know, I would love to be able to bounce back and forth between the city. And, you know, she she just has both best of both worlds with the Western background and the showing livestock background and then the high fashion. And I'm just all about it. And so um, I'm excited to partner with her with that. And someday she might be, you know, one of those people that opens a high fashion store in one of our small towns and I just love to get behind and partner with someone like that and then other than that like I said I'm just working on 2019 traveling and just making my business and the experience shopping with no roots boots the best that it can be 
well, how do we keep up with what you're doing and find out where you're going to be? Okay, so the best way to keep up with me, I would say, is Instagram. It's where you can see my real life, day-to-day, new arrivals, that kind of stuff. And it's just at No Roots Boots. And then on Facebook, same thing, No Roots Boots. And then I have my website, which is just www.shopnorootsboots.com. And usually I have my travel schedule on there as well. But I mostly just travel in the Midwest and do some cattle shows. But always, always, always the online shopping. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Thanks so much for doing the podcast. Yes, thanks for having me. Yeah. While I love how the work ethic and character Paige learned growing up on the farm in Illinois is the foundation she has built her business upon. And for taking a risk and trying something completely new and trusting her vision for No Roots Boots and how that's led to her success today. It's pretty great. We'll be sure to follow along on Paige's trip to Kansas City this weekend. And we've got all the links in the show notes so you can do just that. Thanks again to Paige for being on the podcast and thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Have a great day, everybody.